Warning, GameState contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Hello and welcome to Game State, Rain Man Digital's exclusive tabletop gaming show. If you're listening live, you can take the show on the go wherever you get your podcasts. Also, you can access all of our shows on demand via iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Just search Game State. I'm Sam. And I'm Charlie. And I'm Andrew, and I'm also here to announce another way that you can listen to the podcast. <gasps> With your ears! Uh, not quite. Your nose? Carrier pigeon. Because we have not been in studio for like two months. <laughs> <laughs> That's been a while. So we had a thing where uh, the, the computer where we were hosting our shows, we didn't have the appropriate backup systems in place. We didn't have a 3 to one thing going on. So uh, we lost shows. Mm. We lost three of them, recovered two of them, and then recorded one separately. But that's why you haven't heard from us yeah, in a it's, while. It's been a real long time. I was so. just going to say everything caught on fire, but... The dog Te- ate our homework, basically. Technically, Sam, you are correct. Yep. <laughs> Things in the studio did catch Wait, fire. is that actually what happened? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Wait, hold on. Let's talk more. Yeah, so <laughs> uh, what was it, like two months ago, I think it was the, the board that Michael uses. So no. Literally caught fire. Uh, okay, I was out of that it loop. It smoked, it sparked, it, like, it, it shut us down for like a month and a half. Oh my gosh. It was real great. Hmm. Uh, and then when one part of a computer catches on fire, the other parts generally aren't happy. Well, if movies have taught me anything, there's always a chain reaction. Yeah, and then like your starship every- crashes. <laughs> <laughs> That's how Star Trek works, right? Yes. Okay. Your, your Star Trek crashes. Yeah. As you <laughs> Sam, yep. you're so good. I'm here. <laughs> I love you guys, though. So I'm, I'm special. I'm super happy to be back in the studio. I'll tell you what. We, uh, Me too. I, at this point, by the time this episode comes out, the uh, the Game Fair episode, the live episode that we did. Um, so that was saved. Will have been out. Yes, it was saved. Okay. Well, because we recorded that one on a separate device. Oh, that's right. That yeah, was yeah. on a little uh, Zoom H4N that we had plugged into the board at the convention. Um, and I had a chance to like go back and listen to it. Mm-hmm. It's really good. I'm Is really, it? Yes. Really? It's actually legitimately good. Oh, I think we were pretty much on when you have an audience of ten, five, ten? six people <laughs> <laughs> sitting. <laughs> you start to, <laughs> you start to, you know, you're on. I think we had ten by the end. Nah, the soft ten. I yeah. mean, half of them were your friends. <laughs> I mean, look. We did a for first for first public showing. I think it would be pretty all right. I think so. We did a live game of unusual suspects that all went uh, over great. It was it was fucking great. It was awesome. Uh, photos will be accompanying that when it that episode comes out should be uh, should have been last week by the time this releases. Well, I'll be honest, I was kind of dreading hearing that episode. I'm not anymore. I think it's really. good. I think you're gonna like it a lot. Okay. okay. One of the focuses for that game uh, was wingspan. Which I only mentioned because I'm kind of coming around to it. <laughs> oh, have you played it again, again since then? or No. Oh. I feel like I keep using it as a comparison to other games. You have been doing that lately. It upset me. It does. <laughs> do, you, do you actually think it was bad? or No, it's just not good. Hmm. It's very middle of the road, but I feel like it has its audience. 
and, yeah. it, and it hits it and it nails it on the head for the audience. I still think the production value is super, super over the top and, and unnecessary. But that's come. That's what you expect now from a especially Stone Mary game. Yeah, Stone I do yeah. like the dice tower. Oh yeah, 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 the little birdhouse. And that I think we reference in our actual review of the game. Yes. Now the only reason I, I hadn't seen it yet, so I couldn't make a statement. So when in the past, which is our future, <laughs> you listen to that <laughs> episode first, and then this one. I like the dice tower. You've just confused everybody <clears throat> who has watched Endgame and not figured out what the hell is going on in that movie. Wait, we well, just jumped subjects. the past subjects. becomes oh, your future, which yeah. is your past. Therefore, you can't change Can it. we talk? Is it spoiler? By like, the are time we okay? this episode comes <laughs> okay. out, the movie will be out for a month. Can we half. talk hey, about... No, the, can- the, the, they declared when the Homecoming trailer came out, the statute of limitations for spoilers. Is yeah, up. I've seen it. Uh, or not Homecoming, um, oh, yeah, Far From Home. Yeah. Because uh, the spider, what, the spider Kind of spoils the ending. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Let it free. Let I want to talk about Captain America a little bit. Because I, I, I might be in the hey, minority. I'm a boy! I did like, I did like Endgame. That's the loudest have been on this show. The, the Captain America thing at the end. I wasn't against it, but it really confused me. Because it broke the movie's rule yes, of time travel. Yes, it broke its own rules, I feel like, in a sense. Because Which it did. At first, I thought it was great. And I still think it's a great ending for him. It was a good feel good ending. But then ending. somebody pointed out that, oh, that's not how they literally said time travel works. Well, they do that often. Like in the first Ant Man movie, they set up expectations on how the shrinking of, of an object retaining its mass works. And they immediately break that rule like four seconds later. Ant-Man is w- w- running on water, falls out of a bathtub, and, and breaks a bathroom tile. Like in the same scene. Oh, because they talk about how like when your mass is small, you're like a super strong bullet. Right. Man. And then it's like, oh, when we need you to be. Yeah. Right. But they broke the other rule that the old lady, what's her name? Ancient one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The sorceress. She says if you don't change things every, if you don't fix it exactly, then you break off and doom the other one splinter too. universes yeah like, so if he went back in time even if you returned that he zone, would be in a different universe he's in a different universe yes that's so exactly it still what doesn't I, work <laughs> that's exactly what i thought There's i mean like two I'm, ways they break their own time travel thing. so here's how this movie should have for captain america yeah he should not have grown old he should, why not because no he grows he should, old no hold on oh <laughs> hold hold that bean charlie captain america should have died in the fight with thanos i mean yeah he should have 100 like a died. badass yes <sighs> but he should have died he should have 1,000% mm-hmm. And then died. Falcon should have taken up in the shield then. Captain yeah. Falcon? Yeah. Captain Falcon. Well, I mean, Falcon yeah. and Bucky are both um, Cap in the comics. Hold on, wait, Charlie. If we don't get a Falcon Punch joke in the new <laughs> TV show that they're doing. TV show? Yeah, they're doing, yeah, they're a, doing a Falcon Winter what? show. Yeah. Which confuses me. They don't I wonder if seem he's like be a good flying around team. in Falcon suit or if he's going to be using the shield. Also, doesn't that shield seem like it would be really clunky to hold while you're flying around? I mean, if like, you're flying around and painting dudes with your wings, someone's going to Parasail as I fly around with me. Um, I don't know. I, I I liked it. It was a feel good ending. I was just a little confused by that. I'm just imagining a situation where, like, you know, Cap from the future is like, hey, I love you. Marry me now that I'm back from the past, but we can't say anything. Just. Okay, I know there's a fucking war going on outside, and all that. okay, let's not go to New York today. You know, you know, it's it's just it seems kind of lame. The movie didn't make any goddamn sense. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. It was it was good for for for, for showing. Watching yeah. it a second time, it's it's. Oh, did you see it a second time? No. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. I didn't. I my review for the movie it was it was super awesome, and I loved it, but I don't want to watch it again. Like hmm. my mom got me into Star Wars. She got me into Marvel. And I've, like, taken her to go see all the big Marvel movies. 
Aw. And I don't want to watch Endgame again. Because it's not a good, it's not a good movie. <laughs> it's it's uh, not good enough to sit through three hours of movie again. I, I will say, it didn't feel like it was three hours even the second time. But there, there's no conflict once they kill Thanos. Once there, it's revealed that oh, I used until the, the stones to destroy the stones. Yeah, like you have twenty minutes of conflict, nothing, and then the last like what forty five minutes. It's a greatest of the fight? hits. It's a greatest yeah. hits for an hour and a half. It's like oh, remember? Hey, remember New York? Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> Hail Hydra. I guess they just, they had to, so many expectations they had to subvert yeah. that they were like, let's just do this. And I will eh. say, can we all agree that Lebowski Thor is best? Oh, Thor? yeah. <laughs> I liked it. I heard there's yeah. a, a lot of uproar about that online. Oh, no. People that was the like, greatest. That fat was- shaming. Like, <laughs> was that fat shaming? Because he sucks now. He wasn't sucking. He was the best part of the movie. He was um, dual um, wielding <laughs> Stormbringer and Mjolnir. <laughs> that was badass. Are you for fucking hey, real those right are my words. <laughs> but all right. Anyway, obligatory just like games, huh? Real quick, <laughs> other movie that just came out yesterday, Sam. Detective Pikachu. So it is literally less than twenty four hours since you've seen it. So we're just gonna do a one sentence review of Detective Pikachu, and that's it. And then we'll just move on to news. All right, Detective Pikachu. Super fun fan service. Wait for Netflix. And there you have it. <laughs> <laughs> Fresh off the presses. Now moving in to what is, what is the, also hilariously watching Detective Pikachu, which is like what an hour and thirty ish. After the only movie I watched before it was Endgame. Holy shit! An hour and thirty is a short movie after Endgame. <laughs> really, real oh, short. I can't imagine. Yeah, like it's done. I'm like, oh, I'm like they're really rushing the plot along here. Like, oh, oh, no, this is an average, like, this is a movie. normal movie. See, that, that, that's kind of how you know Endgame might have been lacking, though, because I've sat and I have binged three hours worth of shows before and been totally, totally into it. Uh-huh. And well, I mean, what's the when meme you're of, like, oh, people mm-hmm. never watch a six-hour movie, sits down and binges six hours. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> anyway, see like, if you have Isn't um, Hateful Eight, the extended edition, uh, like a four-part miniseries on Netflix? Oh, really? Like, I think each episode, like, Hateful Eight has the title cards. They're they're extended, and then the title cards I think are the episode starts. From what I've heard, I don't particularly want to watch that movie again. Guys, thanks for tuning in to Movie State. State. <laughs> so we talked about Endgame at the store. The word last game night. is in it, so yeah. So we were at the game store last night. Andrew couldn't play a game because nobody plays the games he plays. I'm um, so upset. And I was hobbying. Sam, you are correct. The extended edition of Hateful Eight on Netflix is a four-part series, a one-hour episode, or 50-minute episodes of pop. Hmm. So a fine gentleman sat down across the table from us, <laughs> and I don't know if he listens to our show, so I can't insult him, um, oh, and sure. starts discussing Marvel movies with us. And then we started hating on Game of Thrones, because this season doesn't understand tactics. It's and tactics. Um and Don't that's, put your so cavalry up front. Hold on. Tag or your me. catapults outside the wall. Or even your catapults in the front line. What the fight? Fire him once. What the fuck are you doing? So mm. both these things are fresh in our mind. Gotcha. But yeah, uh, game news. <laughs> oh no. And uh, you just lost Sam. I'm sorry. What did you do? Wait, I broke myself. I literally just, I literally just saw go. all the color leave his face. He started laughing. I'm confused. Let's move into news, shall we? Yep. Uh, Stonemaier Games refuses to sell to retailers who spread false information about the company. I saw this. Yeah, this was a this was a thing that was happening live like two days ago. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Tabletop Wire, my favorite source for unbiased tabletop news that is actual news and not just press releases. Unbiased news. 
says, uh, reports that in a new online communication policy, Stonemaier Games will refuse to sell to retailers who spread false information or make defamatory or derogatory public statements about the company. The policy is, quote, Stonemaier Games reserves the right not to sell products to retailers whose representatives spread false information or make defamatory or derogatory public statements about Stonemaier Games. This policy applies to statements published online, social media platforms, blogs, etc., at any time, past, present, or future. Stonemaier Games unilaterally adopts this policy and neither seeks nor accepts confirmation or assurance of compliance by retailers or distributors. Yeah. Um, so where do you think this came from? Okay, someone talked shit, obviously, and he was like, I have to put a policy out. Now, I read, someone just straight up asked him, like, why are you doing this? I mean, I know why you're doing this because you said why you're doing this, but why are you actually doing this? Because, in my opinion, that's what he did. Well, and now we can't sell those games. No, well, he said, he said, oh, wait, can you? No, 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 no. What do you mean? That doesn't affect the games you did it. No, no, no. no, okay. no I thought no, right no, when you said that, I was like, oh, shit, was games you talking Andrew, shit? Like, Andrew's oh. just trash talking. He's like, you know, people at games you think Stonemaier Games doesn't I mean, we're literally doing good. that right now. So, I mean, we We're are. not talking yeah. trash about it. We are reporting on a news story. Games so the is reason- not affiliated with our show in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> uh, officially, now that is the case. Yeah, you're no longer tied to that no company. No longer tied to the company, unfortunately. Freedom. Yeah, Jamie. <laughs> Oh, Jamie, we love you. Your games are great. Oh. Except for Wingspan. It was okay. Wingspan, it's a game. Okay, so the reason this came up is because when Wingspan was announced pre-orders, he sold like 20,000 yeah, hundred yeah. million. He only printed like 10,000 and they ever so wanted the, it. So the demand for Wingspan was super overinflated and he didn't project sales numbers correctly, which, which projecting sales of a brand new product in a unique IP in a niche market is so incredibly hard. You're right. Do. You're right. You're right. Okay. Here's the thing. Can I counter that though? Let, this, me, let me finish my right, I'm gonna, go, 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 yeah, go on, go on. But absolutely. Please do. Okay. So all of this pre-orders came through, right? Uh, when the games first showed up, they shipped what they could to distributors. Distributors were taking pre-orders from stores who were taking pre-orders from customers and distributors couldn't fulfill. Game stores couldn't fulfill, leaving customers Totally shit out of luck, right? Retailers and distributors both took it to them that we just don't have product to sell because there's no product yeah, to yeah. sell, right? Uh, combined with Amazon. Oh, wow. This has never happened in the gaming industry before yeah. ever. Yep. And then combined with Amazon getting games uh, on the yeah. second wave before the, f- the retailers got their first wave. Because Amazon's yeah. the devil. Yep. But- the glorious, glorious cheap devil. So <laughs> saying and having stores get upset directly at Stonemaier is where this came from, right? Because yeah. some stores were saying, wow, Stonemaier is just worthless. We can't get their stuff. We have we have 10 hundred whatever pre-orders for Wingspan and we got two copies. Like, what the what the hell? So that's where the, the yeah, statement yeah. came from. For me, I get that. Charlie. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah. what was I countering again? Okay. <laughs> I, I, I was Andrew's count- existence. I was countering, okay. I don't want to get off topic with the whole policy, but my counter to the whole why people are upset and part of me that's kind of like on their side comes from the fact of when you look at the top 100 of BGG, what game company's name do you see, keep seeing pop up over and over the, and over and over and over and over again? Okay. Here's the deal. If though. I recall, he said he printed 10,000 copies of that game. Right. For the first print run. That is retarded. I'm sorry. That is ridiculous. Low you, or high? So low. Yeah. So that's like low. Nothing. That's nothing for, for one of the most popular, the most popular 
game publishers on the BGG era, maybe not in mass market, obviously, but in the hobby, he only prints 10,000 copies of that game. I understand if it was anyone else making a bird game, like, hey, birds, I get it. But you're Stone Mare. Like, you should just know, like, literally anything you make, anything, people are just going to line line up with their lips slopping. I mean, like, like Games Workshop yes. releasing 10,000 of the ninth edition rulebook. So, yeah. Like, that's all we're making. Have fun, guys. I'm not, I don't want to overblow it like this is a big, horrible tragedy or anything. I just feel like it's like... You kind of, I mean, are you so kidding he, me? Like, so he did try to rectify immediately. We printed 20,000 trekkings. I mean, like, <laughs> we printed 30,000 trekkings to put it in perspective. Are you kidding me? Like, anyways, sorry. <laughs> no, that's, that's fair and valid. So he, what he did is he, he ordered, yeah, yeah, he announced, yeah. saw that demand was going to be much higher and then yeah, ordered yeah. another. And that second wave is what fucked everything over. The I mean, it's one? fine. Oh, you mean the second it's one's still not here. It mean. just means that we're on span. We're on wave like four. Oh. Of, of Wingspan print. It just means that Wingspan, like 80% of the games in the top 10 BGG, aren't actually in print. So I feel yeah. like everything on BGG that is like, sense. oh, you know, they'll be in print again when they do another print wave. It's just what you I have just, to do to be It's just print. weird to me because, you know, it's just a lot cheaper to print another 10,000 knowing that you have warehouses that cost pennies on the dollar to, like, keep your, you know, stock in than saying, oh, well, I got to order another three containers of games that's cheap to ship overseas i don't know that's that's my the part of me that sides with everyone being pissed about it is that it's like come on jamie you should print more i mean there's definitely poor planning but if this is the first time your store hasn't gotten an order filled you must be real new at stocking anything in the industry is this the first release that he's done without kickstarter no no leaders of euphoria my little scythe oh yeah he did a ton i mean um yeah, I mean, uh, between two castles, Mad King Ludwig. Yeah, he doesn't. Oh, yeah. He doesn't do any of that anymore, which is funny because he has the most read Kickstarter blog to this day, and yet he's like, "Yeah, if you're if you're actually, you know, well, a he, business, don't do Kickstarter anymore." Yeah, didn't he write a book? He did on Kickstarter stuff. He did. I read that book. Did you apply it? He is a diligent man. Yeah, yeah. I did. Okay, I'm not really talking shit about Jamie. The guy is. Like, well, I'm just wondering, artistically like, good at reading business, a book so. and then deciding if you're going to apply or not says a lot about the book. Like, it can be a fantastic book, and you can go, eh, not going to use it. No, it's 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 truly a good book. Like, if you were going to do nice. a Kickstarter, even to, to, this, to this day, so you should probably relevant. follow 90% of what it says. Awesome. Did you guys, um, you know, subject change, because that's all I do in my life. <laughs> um, you guys see the Fancy Flight Games Star Wars Legion news this week? Not. Yeah. <gasps> I have news! You have news that's not in the... <gasps> Yeah, it's weird. Um, so I think it was Tuesday. <laughs> the Star Wars Legion Facebook group has this dude pop up oh, saying he's yes. trying to get. So you've heard about it. Okay. I think so. I think I heard of it last yeah. time. Yeah. So this guy pops up saying, hey, I'm trying to get support from the community before I go to Fancy Flight Games. Um, basically, FFG had told this dude, according to his post, that the third party tokens, he was using third party tokens that wasn't allowed, they're retroactively taking away his win and revoking his um, world's, world's ticket, I think? His world's ticket for Star Wars Legion. Is this a guy that was cheating? Let me finish the story. <laughs> Tip shit. <laughs> <laughs> I've already used Scrub today, so I can't do that again. So there's this whole thing about people, because Star Wars Legion has activation tokens, where it's a random draw, see what okay. game goes. Gotcha. And they're like, okay, cool. So they're third party. Decent chance they're probably like laser etched, so you can like feel them, feel like mm. what insignia is on it. People are like, no, these are um, the Minox Squadron ones. They're they're cut, epoxy filled, and then 
um, sealed multiple times. Like, you can't feel shit. Okay. So people like, getting all pissed at FFG for not allowing third-party stuff. And somebody comes in and goes, well, actually, I was one of his opponents. And what this dude did is he has his full spread of tokens face down. At the start of the turn, Legion, you put out orders. So like, two or three units will get a face-up order token, so you can just activate them when you want. So he looked through his pool of things, mm-hmm. looked at each token until he found the ones he wants, and then didn't reshuffle those. Hmm. And then continued during the turn where the random draw, knowing where everything was. Hmm. He was now, the- granted, he didn't look like he was doing it to cheat. Like, it looked like it was just a tab of, where's the token? I need cool, found it. But you can't tell intent. Yeah. So FFG is like, no, you looked at all your tokens, continue playing the game like you didn't know what they were, you out. Because FFG, when they see cheating, lock down on it hard. Yeah. So, yeah, that was the Legion news. Hmm. So FFG's I- coming down with fucking Mjolnir. <laughs> So here's my here's my problem with that. It, it, that that dude was flagrantly cheating. Yeah. There was he, he yep. was he knew exactly what he was doing. Yep. You can't have your stuff in a line, look through them. It's like, "Oh, I just need this one." And then later blind draw from that same line. You're telling me that a dude can't remember the order of 10 tokens? Blasphemy. Bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, dude, that dude got straight up DQ'd and he Yep. He and should, he tried to tried to get the community pissed off at FFG for oh they were mad they're using third party tokens guys. This this internet harkens, unite. <laughs> this harkens back to like I, I for Magic the Gathering when people are like dropping three lands on on turn one. Yeah, or like the the finger of God from War Machine. Yeah, which nobody caught till they were watching the stream later. And this dude and, and War Machine's a game of millimeters. Like that's what to, this was second edition. Like no pre measuring. If you're a millimeter out, cool. You fail your charge. You're done. This dude, like, casually just moves his hand next to a model with his finger at, like, I don't know, a 45-degree bend. And straightens it out. <laughs> shoves that model a little bit. It's like, oh, hey, look at that. You're in the zone now. That's cool. You'll have to brief me on that because I've, I've not <laughs> heard blowing. of that before. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Uh, let's go on to our next news topic here. Hasbro is opening its first water park. What? <laughs> yeah. Hasbro is opening a water park in Malaysia. What? (laughs) (laughs) This story just keeps getting better, man, I tell you. Uh, So Hasbro, uh, first water theme park will anchor Malaysia Tourism City development in Kualingi, Malacca. Hoping I said all those correctly. None of it. I didn't. None of it. Uh, It'll be constructed by M101 Group with Meriden BHD. The 20-acre theme park will feature licensed properties such as My Little Pony, Nerf, and G.I. Joe. The park will also include iconic Hasbro gaming licenses, including Battleship, Monopoly, and Mousetrap. It is expected to open in 2022. That is interesting. So, trying it out. They're just trying it out overseas. To so see check this out. People. Hmm. Did you know hmm. that Hasbro owns a hotel? I did not. <laughs> Doesn't surprise me. They own a Monopoly branded hotel uh, called the Monopoly Mansion. <laughs> That's kind of uh, fun. That is uh, in Kuala Lumpur. It's expected to be open by the end Wait, of the year. Wait, where? Kuala Lumpur? Gua- I actually don't know where Kuala Lumpur is. I don't know what that is. is. It's a city in... Man, Hasbro's international. They're doing all kinds of crazy... Where is Kuala They need to do an imprint called Hasbro. <laughs> Hasbro. That's just open a club in Scottsdale. <laughs> Hasbro. I just... I, it's a weird thing for a, a mega million dollar corporation to... Do with 
properties that don't make sense. Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe they're just like we have these properties. We got to do something with them. Let's I mean, let's try. Let's test some stuff out and where somewhere it's cheaper. You know. See how people respond to it. See how strong our brands actually are. Because if it goes over well here, maybe it goes over well somewhere else. I don't know. It's it's weird. I don't know how the the Monopoly hotel thing. I, I can yeah, see I get how that, that would sure. work. Like, they're not one everywhere, you know. Like the penthouse suite would be the boardwalk suite or sure. whatever, you know. Um, but I, of all the things that would come up in board gaming, <laughs> just this fear, uh, Hasbro uh, water park was definitely not on my radar. <laughs> wow. Speaking of other things that are not on my radar, uh, a board game television show called Above Board uh, is nearing its filming uh, wrap-up date. Hmm. What is this? What channel? Like, what? what Right. Oh. So there's there's, (laughs) someone said something. There's so uh, Above Board is being directed by Travis Oates, uh, and it's being touted as Top Gear for board games, which is an interesting (laughs) idea to begin with, like (laughs) breaking little skits, you know, doing a little uh, scripted thing. Obviously, obviously, I like board games. I mean, on a podcast about it. Um, Can I just say that no, the show Tabletop, nothing made my skin crawl more. Really? I you like tabletop. I tabletop could, was kind of bad. I couldn't watch it. It was the most cringy thing ever. I think, it was, and it's my hobby, but I'm like, ah, like, this should not be a show. I think tabletop is cringy because of the cutaways. Ah, I guess. And the reality television, like, oh, I did this because this, this. Yeah. And well, also, it's because yeah, it's because I mean, it's you want to play, you want to be there playing it. You don't want to watch people doing it. It's just not like board games are not like video games video games i legitimately enjoy watching people play especially when they're being funny doing it board games i don't know if i've ever stood behind a group of six people silently sitting playing a game and been like yeah i don't know you've never been to a magic tournament before i have i have i mean (laughs) even magic's a little different i suppose i guess yeah magic is definitely lends itself to being a spectator sport for sure but I don't know. It's weird. So it, Top Gear for board games. Mm. Uh, as of yet, there is no network. Mm. So they're still shopping that around. Uh, special guests. Literally everybody from the Dice Tower Network is Damn. involved in this in some capacity. Tom Vassell, Chaz Marlowe, Jimmy Stegmeyer shows up at one point. He's doing a little bit. Um, there are a few skits that come through. As mentioned, one of them is a whose line is it anyway style where they do the improv songs. Improv. Wow. Oh, so yikes. game subject was sorry. <laughs> In the style of reggae. That sounds awful. And it was <laughs> it was surprisingly... That skit, the one skit preview that uh, Tom Vassell had released, was it was actually pretty good. But that was the only thing in his 12-minute preview video that I found enjoyable. The rest of it was was cringeworthy. Huh. So you've seen... To say the least. You've seen 12 minutes of preview of, for this. Of preview. Behind-the-scenes preview that Tom Vassell... It's, it, it's worth... When you say top gear for board games, I imagine high production value. Is that... Yes. Okay. Yes. There's a, a full studio. There's... The, the set looks really, really nice. Hmm. Um, from a production value, it looks really impressive, especially given the subject matter and, and how much they're putting into it. Because, hmm. like, board games... Tabletop was probably the most um, produced yeah. board game thing. I mean, uh, there are uh, Tantrum House is pretty good. Uh, Meeple Mountain, they do some pretty decent stuff. But, like, this is, like, Fox News level production. <laughs> like, the newsroom, yeah, everybody yeah, yeah. behind the desk, it's, it's that level. Alert. But it's, huh. it's uh, some of it's really good. Some of the musical numbers are really bad. <laughs> For example, a parody 
of the song uh, Constantinople from oh, They no. Might Be Giants oh, no. using the board game uh, Istanbul. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, a joke, a decade in the making. <laughs> it was so bad. I heard like five seconds of it. I'm just like, nope. And I just skipped right on, right on along. So eh, when it comes out, it'll be interesting. It's probably going to be on like a, a, a web streaming service exclusively, but it'll be worth a watch just to see what they've done with it. I, I Yahoo video <laughs> after dark. And uh, one final news bit here, not really so much news as a Kickstarter announcement. Eh. Um, there is a new edition of Cleopatra in the Society of Architects that is on Kickstarter right now. So if you're not familiar with this game, it was a 2006 release put out by Days of Wonder. It was generally regarded as being a very, 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 very good game. Is that a Reiner Kinesia game? Or uh, no? no, I think it's... I think it's Cthulhu. Oh, Bruno Cthulhu. Okay. I think it might be Cthulhu. I'm actually not certain. Um, the, the crux of it is you use the box as part of the game. It was like a plinth sort of a deal, plus like vertical structures. It was, it was one of the first... Um, table presence hogs mm. games that kind of came out and the new edition for kickstarter is freaking bonkers interesting it's all there's like a hundred pounds of plastic <laughs> it sits 12 inches high this is it's, interesting did you say it is it still days of wonder or did it get oh so this one's being put up on by mojito studios interesting days of wonder let it lapse or something i i yeah, I mean, it would have been a. T- it hasn't seen print since yeah. two thousand eight, I think. Hmm. So definitely, the ten year run out has gone out. But like in this one's, there's injection molded plastic. It's the board itself is five inches off the tabletop. <laughs> I'm looking like at McGriddles the griddles again. Smells like what? McGriddles? Hold on, wait. We go from we go from <laughs> overproduced <laughs> Kickstarter mumbo jumbo. It smells to, like McGriddles to again. Freaking McGriddles? <laughs> yeah. For those of you who don't know, we walked in the studio, and the first thing that Sam said is, it smells like McGriddles. Sam, you're having a stroke. That's what's happening. <laughs> oh, well, shit. <laughs> so the reason I brought up the Cleopatra thing is because the retail edition of the game is going to be $69. Uh, mm-hmm. Estimated release in 2020, right? There is a standard edition and a deluxe edition. Mm. So retail, 69 bones. How okay. much do you think that the uh, deluxe edition is going to be? 150 I'll, I'll say a hundred. Hundred bucks. 100, so for huh? thirty extra dollars, you get additional uh, expansions, which are exclusively designed for this edition of the game specifically, which I find personally interesting. Um, and a whole bunch of other stuff. It's got a box sleeve in the deluxe edition, but for thirty extra dollars, hmm. you're telling me this is where, this is where pricing structure doesn't make any sense to me, right? Makes perfect sense. Seventy dollars gets you the base game. That's exactly why they do it. Thirty dollars, everything else. That's why would why you they, ever go for this? 70? Exactly. That's why when you see every Kickstarter, it's like a base edition, 100 people. Yeah. Deluxe edition, 18,000 people. Yeah. They know exactly what they're doing. And actually, on that note, 169 backers at the $100 level. Yeah. 34 backers at the $70 level. What? Yeah. Apparently, there's I'm actually a, surprised there's so few people that have backed this. Total, let's see, for this one. Bum, 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 bum. Um, two thousand and twenty-two backers. Where are they showing up? Yeah. Oh, they're all in Pledge Manager. So there's four hundred and nine in the Pledge Wait, Manager oh, did this, level. Did this end or something? No, no, no. It's still going. Oh, okay. Uh, it, as of recording, it has fifteen days to go. It's raised one hundred and eighty-five thousand dollars. Not too shabby. It's a lot. Too shabby. 
Wow. A lot going on in the game, gotta, board game I, I feel like world, we have to decompress guys. just a little bit. I, I'm Here. having anxiety pangs, yeah. to be Here. honest. We're going to take a break. We're going to de-stress just a skosh. We'll be right back. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. Why do you have to take it to the level of photographs and like, hey, I know you don't want to see this, but this will strengthen our friendship he with sounded, these horrifying images. He I, sounded like he was interested. Okay. Did he? How does I don't want to see any photos, <laughs> Andrew, equate to me? Please show me some photos, Andrew. <laughs> How does that happen? It's like, you know how guys are hanging out and it's like, oh man, this tastes awful. Here, have a bite. What? If you never wait, guys, do that. So, did you hear the pre-show? One thing leads to another. Next thing you know, fist up the ass. Next thing you know, your dick's in the other guy's ass. (laughs) For more Rain Man, visit RainManShow.com. What are you looking at, nerd? I thought I was looking at my mother's old douchebag, but that's in Ohio. Geek out Saturdays. And then, like, ants eat your remains. Like, <laughs> those books got real dark. <laughs> for kids. Bainers or, like, one of them, like, you get. This is, the this the is fact that Marvel's for... been doing it for 10 years doesn't mean so, it's easy. Hold on, though. Take Marvel out of the equation and forget okay. that they don't even exist. Television has been doing this for decades. <laughs> and I stumbled upon it while I was hunting alligators. And this guy starts whistling at you. He beckons you. So I thought it was a mission, like a side mission. So I went, and then I realized what it was when it was too late. Yeah. I walked in. It's the guy starts, and that's how they go out. Like because the, the rebirth when they ditched the new Fifty Two, because the new Fifty Two they weren't always on the best of terms. They're back together, or you know they end up getting back together because they feel something they don't know. They just feel like the universe is pulling them together. Catch up on your favorite Rain Man digital geek shows every Saturday. DC on CW, Back to Tank, Weird West Radio, The Crossroads, and more. Geek Out Saturday on Rain Man Channel 001. This is Star Wars from the Back to Tank exclusive. That's operation. However, hey. We don't want to miss it, because what if it ends up being true? No matter how fake it may be, Amidala coming back to life, uh, Lando suddenly having a daughter because someone's also black like him. <laughs> I mean, let's forget the, the subtle racism of that. Is everyone who's black is related to Lando. They're not, Dave? They're not? You mean all black people in the universe is not connected to Lando? Well, remember, there there are people out there that still say Finn, the big surprise is going to be Finn is related to Lando. Yeah. um, Wow. Yeah, guys, (laughs) did you guys not learn anything from watching Get Out? I mean, casual racism is the worst form of racism. (laughs) It is. It's when you don't even realize you're being racist, right? I hope it's not just a cameo. Like, if if they're going to bring Carl Weathers and give him a a fair shot... Give him, Give him something, something to sink his teeth in. Let's see Carl Weathers, you know, play the role of the lifetime and finally shake off the Apollo Creed funk. He's so charismatic. What if he's related to Lando? I mean, <laughs> what, what if he's... I tried uh, to stay away from that. No, no, I'm just saying, what if Apollo Creed's like Lando's brother? Because he's he's black. <laughs> well, yeah, according to some people, all black people are related in, uh, in Star, in Star Wars. Wars. I, th- I think he might end up being Finn's father uh, and... Uh, <laughs> And uh, Lando's brother, th- that means Finn is Lando's nephew. <laughs> what happens if they do actually do that? I- I'm probably going to throw my popcorn at the screen. I'm like, oh, you, <laughs> you, you son of a bitch. You, you sons of bitches. <laughs> 
Stitcher app. Search Bacta Tank. That is to your favorites. Thank you, and we will see you very soon. We're back. We de stress a little bit. Snorted some Xanax. <laughs> Off of strippers' stomachs. The stomach, I feel, would be more hygienic than the rump. Yes. Because isn't the isn't the joke snorting coke, snorting coke off a hooker's bub? Yeah, but we're snorting Xanax. You gotta you gotta class it up a little bit. Got on the, on the tummy. The tum tum. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about board games here. Are we? And uh, welcome back, family show. It's just like the sequel to Operation. Just instead of tweezing out bits, you're snorting off dust. You're digging cocaine out of the ass. This of- is the worst comeback from a break <laughs> I think that we've ever done. This is fun- This is terrible. You're this terrible. Is absolutely terrible. Yeah. You know what else I'm is terrible? Smi- oh, the fact that you've had like two sips of your coffee. I. This is my uh, second coffee, actually. Oh, okay. second twenty-four ounce gigantic latte from uh, Delicious Whole Foods. We wow, we got a sponsor well, from you. Just now. killed it right there. Can we start over? <laughs> no, we can't. No, no, I'm We're rolling this. with this. This is us. Speaking this of, is now. This is raw. This is terrible. Speaking of terrible, <laughs> uh, we played some games. Yeah, <laughs> several we did. of them were terrible. Yeah, we, we definitely have. Uh, so Charlie, yes, uh, had busted out a game from AEG. A busted, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I got. Oh, okay. I was pretty proud of myself. I got a advanced copy of Tiny Towns when I was at Gamma, and for one oh, short that was AEG, yeah, yeah, that explains so much. For one short minute, I had a game that no one else had. It felt good, quite nice, but mixed uh, feelings from a lot of people about that game. What is Tiny Towns? Tiny Towns is a game where you're building a town. Uh, the God mechanic. Damn it, <laughs> the town is tiny. If I was gonna. Be specific about that type of town, category of said town. It's a, is it five or five by five? You're killing me. What are you talking about? It is a five by five. It's five by five? No, it's a four by four. I was going to say it's, it's a four by four. It's four. a five by five. It's a four by four. Five. Four, five. So there's a It's grid. either a five or five by five or four by four grid. That's your little town grid. Um, and what you're doing in this game is you're going to be taking little differently colored cubes that represent, you know, whether wood or glass or metal and you're going to be placing them on different spots on that grid. On the seven by seven grid. On the and then and then like now this is going to happen every every time someone takes a color. If it's like blue, everyone takes blue. They put it somewhere on their grid, and, go, and then someone else is going to pick a color like yellow. Everyone's going to take it, put it on their grid in a different spot. Uh, these little cubes can't occupy the same spot. The reason why you're doing this is eventually you're going to create a pattern. Eventually it's going to be like red, blue, and then to the left a green, and that if you've done that becomes a cottage because at the side of the board you'll have like seven cards showing the differing patterns for the game yes think of it like dominion which are a random draw yeah they are yeah uh, okay. you played with a random draw i usually start people off at the base uh which is probably smarter i'm seeing now um there's a recommended setup yeah and then i see why but yeah it's um you, you're you know draft not drafting you're picking these different colors you're trying to make intelligent choices of where you're going to put them on the grid you're trying to create these different shapes based on what kind of buildings you can build from those shapes and then if you do it it becomes sort of a point salad thing from there where you know cottages get you this many points if this um you know factories will help you in this way if that um 
Honestly, it's one of those games where when you look at it from the outside, when you kind of get the pitch and you see it on the board and you see all the pieces, it goes, ah, yeah, this looks pretty cool. This looks, ah, this looks awesome. And then you play it, and there's very mixed there's about, about that. ten turns <laughs> where right, the so, game's super easy. Now, now then there's like five turns where your choices matter. Yeah, and yeah. then there's three turns where the game just kind of screws you over, yeah. and then you lose. Also, you made me play the way that I would hate the game. I yes. realized. So here's so the, Charlie took the version yeah. where there, you don't get to choose what color it is. Yeah, you just have cards decide it. So there's zero player interaction. Yes, the rate the way you're supposed the game to me. play the game is when it's your turn. There's a little like master builder you know uh token when it's your turn you decide like i'm gonna take the yellow cube because it helps me and i know just by looking at everyone else's grid it's gonna screw all you guys but then because you pick the yellow cube everyone has to pick a yellow cube so there's some strategy in that we had played it i played it a bunch of times at the uh az game fair um and i played it with andrew and i i, I can't remember did you like it or not like it back then uh at at game fair I was kind of middle of the road. Middle of the road. Um, I was like, I was into it then. I was like, yeah, this is cool. Yeah. Um, it, it, the, the the crowd that we were playing with definitely helped because we were razzing back and forth, yeah, all that sort of sure. deal, which always helps whatever game you're playing. But the it it felt like it had the same arc of a of a game at Tetris. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a puzzly little game, and and we played it, and you know, I I guess I kind of remember you having that reaction, and then you mentioned when you looked in the box, you pulled out this little deck of cards that each card has like a color cube on it. He, on it he's like, "What are these?" And I'm like, "Oh, I guess that's for some other way to play the game." And you're like, "What is it?" Oh, in this version, you shuffle the cards, you flip one, whatever that is, that's everyone what, has to flip. Everybody has to. Take. And so you that meant, deck of cards yeah. is three cards per resource. Exactly, fifteen cards total. You draw two. The third one is a wild pull that anyone, yeah. and then you just go. And and yeah, and you said like, oh, that's a that's got to be a much better way to play the game. And I'm like, nah, there's no way. And in my mind, I just kept thinking, oh, I wonder if it is or not. It's gotta not. know. I gotta know. And so we subjected Sam to that version. And Sam, take it away. I would. <laughs> I would play it again just to play it the proper way. But that was no seriously, the first ten turns of the game were mind numbingly boring. <laughs> then there's like yes. five turns where due to board space I had to make actual decisions. And then there was like five bad draws in a row, and then I lost. So I was under the impression that the that the deck of resource cards was going to allow you to kind of game the system in the sense of Card counting. Sure. Right? You know, there are three resources of wood, grain, steel, whatever. Those are out. I need to place my cubes differently to... I need to hedge my bets, so, you know, right. yeah. And I was thinking that that was going to kick it up that little extra bit of knock. Yeah. Right? Instead, it, of just kind of let you get card count to go, oh, cool. There's going to be three stone in the row. I guess I just lose now. Yeah. It, it, <sighs> yeah. The deck of cards... By the time you could make a choice, you're already kind of screwed in it a sense. Yeah. Tanked. Yeah. My enjoyment of the game entirely, and I was not expecting that at all. I guess. I guess. I on one hand, it's like cool AEG. It's always nice when a game gives you a little extra. But on the other hand, it's like, ah, man, I feel like just don't put that in the box. Now, like, for what it's worth, that game gives you a lot of yeah, extra. There's gives you like so much already. There's like 15 different unique building types Love that all those. have their own patterns. Those are fun five different resources plus a unique building that you can build once uh per game with a little yeah. purple tower yeah and stuff it was it's got a really not lot the table presence is i think pretty cool it has it's it's I'm cute gonna, it is tiny it's a town i'm gonna fight you on that oh 
in the sense of not fight. I'm going to provide a differing opinion. Okay. And therefore, meaning we are now moral enemies because okay. I do not agree with you. All right. Sharpening um, the knives. <laughs> the table presence was not impressive at all. Well, so the different buildings are laser cut. Yes. Which is nice. Um, quick visual representation of what each thing does as opposed to just color reference, which was good. But I, I, you look at the, you look at the people playing the game and you're just like, what, what is, it looks so boring. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look interesting because you got a pile of cubes, pile of laser cut buildings, and then a, and then and a then 12 a by 12 grid. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Cute little wooden buildings. I was sold. I guess. I mean, I've seen. Do games you know what the less. Do you know what the Maserp for this one is? Maserp. Maserp. I have got to assume it's between forty and fifty. If I, I had know. to guess, I mean, it's it seems like a forty or fifty dollar game. I'm gonna guess fifty, because that's a lot of wood in that game. There's a lot of components, so I'm thinking mm-hmm. <laughs> that it's a forty dollar price point. And it is. Look, uh, Miniature Market has the posted <laughs> regular price at thirty nine ninety nine. Yeah, so, that is the actual MSRP. Yeah. Huh. So I would right. say its for, price point's fine, yeah. and I'm sure the actual game. When there's actual planar action, player, not planar. planar. Um, <laughs> I'm sure it's fine. It, for me, but it's, that was just not. It was not fun hmm. for me. I think it's slightly underfine. And I was actually thinking about this a little <laughs> bit. Underfine. You guys have killed this game for me. Now yeah. I look at it, and I'm just with shame. Well, here's like, the <sighs> deal, right? So AEG has thrown so much additional stuff in that game, yeah. but they they did it in the sense that there's so much more that we can do. Or this very loose system when it feels like the system itself could have done with a little bit more refining yeah. as opposed to like here's more here's 200 extra buildings here's 4,000 extra cards like yeah yeah I would rather play Welcome to or the Castles of Burgundy it feels like you, you know what you're right it feels like it's a roll and write but on a board yeah hmm. at least the way we played it yeah I could yeah. see that I could see that yeah because the way we played was almost almost identical to how Welcome Two works, in the sense where you've got flipped cards. Well, yeah, I, I, I see the comparison. It's a little different. I mean, Welcome Two, it's three flips. Sure, you still have a fundamentally choice. Fundamentally yeah, different. That's yes. what you're saying. But it does for me. It it's feels, the same kind of itch, mm-hmm. yeah. which I did not need to have scratched. But that game was Uncle Touchy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, so bring bring play pass recommend. What do we got? I, I need to play it again, but assuming I never get to play the game again, and that's the only way I ever play the game, pass. God, I still want to bring it. I mean, it's not. Maybe it's just a phase I'm going through. Maybe I just like the box. Before and- before you before you make your your answer there, do you think that the game overstates its welcome? No, I don't think so. It goes pretty fast. I think that it's a skosh too long. Really? Do you think the cards are there just for like groups to have people with like major analysis paralysis? Like, well. If I choose a yellow, then Andrew will be able to do his thing, and Charles will do his thing, and that might help him more than it helps me. So I guess I'll do a brown. Meanwhile, your friends are staring, so just choose a color. Yeah. That's a good point. That that was a bit of an issue when we were playing before, is there's like, we played with six people when we were at the convention, and there's a lot of, I I will say that once you're at that many people, you kind of stop worrying about it so much. You just go, ah, screw it, I'm just going to take a red, because I can't. I can't worry about everyone here. Although then it becomes a little bit of table talk where it's like, no, 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 he's winning. Pick a blue. It'll screw him the most, you know? Um, and the table sort of strategizes together at that point. I don't know. I mean, I honestly, I think, I think I got one more bring in me. And, yeah. then, and then after that, uh, do we have a, do we have a, a review level that's 
incinerator where you just toss it into the. <laughs> right. I mean, we had cyanide pill. Do we have? Do we have we floating have... in the Pacific Ocean? <laughs> so so how do you hold on? Wait, how do you go from like on the highest of mountain stops to wanting to dunk? Because he in the wants pool to give it one more try. And redeem itself from the shittery that we've just heaped upon it. Yeah. But you know what's not going to happen, so you're just prepping the the incinerator? Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I, right. I don't love it. I, 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 our, our system... Our system is, it's tough to categorize what I'm trying to say, you know? Our system leaves it open for interpretation. Yeah, what would that be then if it's like, I want to play it more? Well, it's like me. I want to play it yeah. again, but off of my current Yeah, so I guess it's a play. Information. I would say that'd be a play, but not a bring. Oh, sure. because I own it, I'd have to bring it. Right. So now my, our system to sucks. We got to make a new system. I mean, we could go to your house and then it has already been brought. There you go. It was brung at that point. So yeah, I, I guess I'm, I guess I'm play then. I want to play it again. I think it'll be a pass for me. Yeah, you're just, just because it it feels like it's a roll and write. Mm-hmm. But there's better ones, but and there's whatever better. it is, there's also probably better ones. Yeah, like even Railroad Inc. I would prefer over this one. Which, by the way, you guys have not played. No, Railroad, I haven't. Railroad no. Inc. Uh, quite good. We'll play that one. We'll talk about that one uh, in the future. Hmm. But enough about the future. Let's go back to the past. <coughs> the old old. Maisie the bubonic plague. Sorry, I just started dying. Yeah, don't worry, I've been doing that for like a week. It's great. Real solid. You know, we were supposed to record last week, and we didn't. I think it was my fault. I don't remember. Um, I actually don't remember. Why, why I don't remember. But like we were, we were prepping on Thursday prior to recording at Coffee Rush. Yeah. Welcome back. And I was dying. And I was like, you know, guys, maybe it's a good thing we're not recording because I'll just be coughing the whole time. And a week later, I'm still coughing the whole goddamn time. Mm. Sars. Uh, you're feeling the, the welcoming arms of, of Lord Papa Nurgle. I don't like him. Go away. <laughs> so we went back to 1991. We played a game called uh, The Amazing... Or no, I Master. 19, Master. I thought you said 81. Uh, oh, hold on. No, wait. What? I thought you said the game was 81. And you used to occur when we went back to 1991. 91. Okay, so here's the deal. So Ravensburger has a property called Labyrinth. Yes. It was originally released... Not based on the movie. Not based on the movie, no. no. Uh, originally, sadly, originally released in 1986 with the Amazing Labyrinth, which has been since rebranded to Labyrinth. Yes. Uh, almost ten years later, or which like, I owned as years. a child. A lot of people did. Yeah. It was it was a lot. It was a mass market. The Amazing Labyrinth. I had that when I was a little kid. It's like hyphenated and shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can see it in my head. Five years later, Ravensburger releases uh, Master Labyrinth. Which I'd always heard about. Yeah. Always heard about. Never really thought about it, though. So the gimmick for the Labyrinth series of games is you have a, uh, you have a board, and you are shifting walls by sliding yeah. tiles in and out, moving your wizard token around, collecting um, tokens. It's a maze, cards, as you expect, yeah. yeah. Uh, and the really cool thing about this is in uh, all versions of Core Labyrinth, there are rows and columns. Yeah. The columns have a glued-on square... Every other, then the rows alternate from uh, glued-on stickers to empty rows, glued-on stickers, empty rows, right? So it's like an every other sort of a deal. Mm-hmm. That allows you to slip and slide things on this board. Yeah, ba- basically, there's one extra tile that everyone's always going to have on their turn, and that tile is the one that they're going to push through onto the board to make a new spot on the edge, and then it'll push out another tile on the other side, always shifting the labyrinth. Always opening up rooms, yes. closing doorways, stuff like that. Very cool. So system. in the original version of Labyrinth, the... 
tokens and such that you're supposed to be collecting are printed on the board. Master Labyrinth uh, turns those into chits. Yes. Orders them from 1 to 20 and then at 25. Um, And the goal of the game is to get as many points as you can. And the points are the printed value of the chit. So the one chit is worth one point. Makes sense. You have to collect them in order, kind of like nine ball. Yes. Right? Um, And then you've also got a secret recipe, which if... It has three printed ingredients. If you collect those ingredients, it is worth an additional 20 points for endgame scoring. Plus, you have wands that allow you to take additional turns, all that good stuff here. So this game, it looks like it has a lot going on, at at least first glance, in my opinion. And it really doesn't at all. Like, the rules are move a tile, move, collect a token. That's it, truly. You get little extra turn tokens as well. Yeah, with the wands. With the wands, but the, the crux for this one, the, the reason I quite, quite like this one a lot is yeah. because it is a very light game. It is very simple. It's very nice. It's super easy to teach. But by the time I'm done with it, I feel like I've played like a two and a half hour long game. It's Yeah, it it burns your brain up a little bit. It gives me just the, the mental exhaustion that I appreciate from a very heavy Euro and just something that's going to make my butt numb in about 30 minutes. <laughs> make your butt numb? Yeah, it's butt numbathon. You just sit in a chair for like four hours on end? Oh, I was thinking something way different. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I got to tell you, I, I loved it. I thought it was great. I immediately wanted to buy it, and of course it's like $100 online. Cause is it, it is not. Is it really? It's expensive. You can't oh, get it. Dear. It's out of print. It's, you know, it's not around anymore. Sam, what do you, do you think? It was okay. What do you mean? It was okay? It was okay. It was just okay? I mean, generally when I win a game that makes me like it, it was okay. From the... There wasn't really any strategy to it more than just get the next thing in order. I felt like that was more the environment we were in and just the mood we were in. Like, we weren't, like, really like, okay, everything relies on the moves we're making. You know, we were very casually playing that game. What kind of strategy do you do? Do you you wait for the next one and still probably get robbed from you because... I I think what it gets down to... Or do you just try to get the points when they're available? It's all about those wands. I think it was what it gets down to. It's about the wands. I remember thinking at the time, like, we're not really using these wands. And then once, you know, I kind of... We were getting a little less jokey and playing a little more. I said, oh, this game is all about the wands. I didn't use the wands. Exactly. I should have used them better. Because, I, I, yes, you're right. You didn't use the wands. You could argue the reason you won for sure is those tokens that are on your recipe are crazy powerful. Yep. Also, yeah, the recipe yes. cards are broken. Crazy good, which is why the, to- which is why the wands are so important. Because mm-hmm. then it becomes a game of you cannot miss those. You have to make sure your turns line up with getting your thing that you need. So, I don't know. There's also a, a mental game that you can play where you bait somebody else into taking the, the next resource. So, it'll set you up for a double turn yes. or something like oh, that. Oh, wait, no. I did use a wand on the last turn. Like, yeah, because you the, got 20 and 25. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know. I think there's more game there. It's No, it's it's not bad. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. Which I think might be the exact opposite of what I said. No, I think I said it was okay. I don't know what I said. It's It's a game. I would rather play uh, the other labyrinth game that we played. That can Invisible Wall Labyrinth. That one, yeah. Oh, the Magic really? Labyrinth. Yeah, the Magic yeah. Labyrinth is the one with the marbles yeah. and the magnets, and where you can't see the maze. See it's that little one is, shtick. Yeah. It's little gimmick is more enjoyable to me. Huh. Interesting. I gotta say, Sam, I'm surprised that you are so middle of the road on this one. It's fine. It's not bad. It does its thing. It has its gimmick. It uses its gimmick well. 
it's just and Charles, right? It might have been the mood we were in. Like it was our first time playing games in forever. Yeah, we were just kind of messing around. Um, but it was fine. Yeah. So let me let me posit this at you, right? What if you were to add combat <laughs> with a dragon? In oh no, the master level. <laughs> um, I'm same as Stone Silent. He's like, are you kidding me? I'm processing. No. <laughs> I'm in. Is this an expansion? <laughs> no. So this game, because that made Relic good. Because Relic's no, not Relic. Um, the 40k version of Relic. Is that Relic? Yeah, Relic. Relic. Yeah, yeah. Talisman. The, is the fantasy expansion version. with the able to fight the other players made the game tolerable. Because that game's trash. So Relic was a uh, Talisman. It's is- also bad. <laughs> Very terrible. License ran out with Fantasy Flight. USAopoly is now doing licensed versions of talisman one of them being a harry potter license that's supposed to be coming out soon i mean i would rather play talisman than monopoly i think yeah most of us would for sure but so labyrinth is basically uh, an ip that ravensburger is just rolling in dough with yeah. right do you want to have a guess at how many labyrinth official first party labyrinth themed games there i don't are? know but i saw a despicable me version there, <laughs> was that like, was a license <laughs> we're not counting that one. oh we're not counting wait uh, what we're not counting those we're not counting licensed okay. we're counting specifically mechanically different oh, versions no. of labyrinth. now i'm more scared what do they do there are 13 different uh. versions of labyrinth okay so it's a carcassonne Catan spread of games got it right yeah so uh master labyrinth what we played the amazing labyrinth there's a second master labyrinth that has combat with a dragon there's one that is uh, a card game there's one that called labyrinth treasure hunt where you have to quickly do eyeball mazes and stuff um there's a two-player specific version really yeah labyrinth the duel that one that actually makes sense because that game is uh, well the one i had i had the kid version my whole life and two-player does not work at all um how does the dragon fighting work I don't know. <laughs> All I know is that there is a dragon on a plastic pedestal in the center of the board, and there's dice involved. Uh, something. Um, so, check this out. Ready? Yeah. Mechanically different versions of Labyrinth. Technically, hmm. there's a Lord of the Rings Labyrinth that is unique. It okay. is not a license. It's not a skin. It's It's... Kind of like what Love Letter has been doing with their license, where all the different versions are mechanically different in some sort of a way. Mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings Labyrinth, totally different game. The main crux of sliding, sliding and, and collecting is yeah, still there, yeah, but the the everything is just totally different. Mm. And it's all licensed properties, right? It's all really, really silly. I got to so, say, playing it made me kind of re-spark that interest in that game in general, which actually made me so sad that Master Labyrinth isn't around. Like, I, I'd be curious to know... Does is there any version that's like that, the one that you have that's out right now, or is it only the baby version that you can get? Because there is a while the mechanic is the same, it's a very different playing baby version like I had, where all you're doing is collecting whatever image is on your card at any given moment. Um, kind of a grab bag version. So there is a second version of Master Labyrinth that was released in 2007 that brings combat from one of the later editions of the amazing labyrinth. Yeah. Um, hmm. And does the whole dragon sort of a deal, but it has the tokens printed and combat plus additional gold coins, victory points and stuff like that. Huh? 
yeah, I had no idea that the the world of Ravensburger's Labyrinth was so in depth. There's a Labyrinth edition that is circular. What? So uh, it's just like nested rings that you're just rotating back and forth. It's hmm. really interesting. Hmm. I had no idea. Anyway, bring play pass recommend Master Labyrinth 1991. Go. I would bring it. So, I think it's great. I'd play it. I uh, bring for sure this one. Yeah. It, it ticks all the boxes. I think it, when I, I always think of in terms of uh, Greg, like if Greg, our friend, assuming he hasn't played it, I feel like I'd bring that and he'd be like, whoa, you know, like I know I could impress someone with this game. You know, that kind of dopamine rush that you get from showing someone a game that you like that you think is kind of cool. Yeah. I think this game can pull that off. I think with some people. Absolutely correct. Definitely a bring for me as well. Uh, all the boxes of a heavy euro, short time frame. Yeah. And the impression the impression factor also that yeah. knocks it right up. Like you were super impressed with Tiny Towns. You wanted to show it to people. Yeah. Turns out it was terrible. <laughs> I wanted to show you Master Labyrinth. Show it to people. Turns out that was real good. Yeah. Any final closing thoughts on anything we talked about today, really? Um, I think I learned something today. Yeah, what'd you learn? I think I learned something. Oh, I don't know, know what it is yet. Um, I'm hoping Maybe like that, in 30 years where you have to recall the, the volume of a cylinder for some reason. Yeah, I'm hoping that you guys can knock loose whatever that is that I learned. I mean, I'm, I feel good. That's good. That's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah, you know, you got to feel good to be good, right? I guess, um, I guess if I learned anything, it's that Sam might have the highest standards for board games of anyone I know. I think Sam is a theme a theme man and i think that anything mm-hmm. that interacts with its theme well is already you know a see that. nine out of ten in his book <laughs> i'll forgive a lot if it engages the theme and doesn't feel like the theme's just there for no reason all right there cool yeah. well there that's what i learned awesome okay. hey good job okay. we're, we're educational we're gonna rebrand ourselves into the uh schooling and educational section of itunes <laughs> for our next episode technically could what? No. Bye, everybody. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> the first episode Until of- next time. However long, we'll catch you next time. Sorry about the son of a bitch.